return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Amen. Hold them up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. You know, it's the word, amen, that brings people to repentance. The goodness of God. We know that the gospel is the good news, is Jesus Christ. And it brings people to repentance. Amen. And so, I'm going to talk again on how we're anointed to preach the gospel. Amen. we got to realize that it's not of our own selves. Amen. We don't just get something creative in our minds and go out and, uh, and tell stories. No, we have the living um, word inside of us. It says that Jesus, he comes into our hearts. Amen. Who, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. So we know he's inside of us. Amen. And so the power and the authority that he has works through us to preach the gospel. And so I've been talking about this anointing to preach the gospel over the last couple of months and about how we've already been anointed. Amen. He's already anointed us to do it. It's not that um, he calls us and then he gives us the anointing. No, he gives us the anointing and the calling and then we step into the calling that he gives to us. And uh, we've been looking at Luke 4.18 through 19 has been our verse. And it says, the spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus talking, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And because Jesus was anointed and because he lives on the inside of us, it means that we are also anointed to preach the gospel. Amen. The Bible says that we want to imitate Jesus. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Amen. And so we want to imitate Jesus. And what did he do? He preached the gospel. And preaching the gospel comes in a lot of different forms. We're all called to different areas of ministry, but it's preaching the gospel. It's the good news all the same. Amen. He wants us to give good news. He wants us to preach good news to people. Amen. And we do that through love because the Bible says that, that the goodness of God, amen, which love is included in that, the goodness of God leads people to repentance. Amen. And we want to do it soon. We want to do it now. Amen. Because today, it says today is the day of salvation. Right. So the more we can reach people for Jesus, 
um, the closer people are to receiving what he has for them in their life. And I've talked about uh, before, too, the, the parable of the sower. And there's, there's, there's really six different, uh, six different uh, uh, soils that are sown. So we have, uh, we have the seed by the wayside, where people we sow the gospel and they just don't want anything to ha- do with it. They don't want anything to do with the gospel. People that we sow to stony soil and it gets a little bit, um, they receive it, they're glad, they're joyful, but there's no root and the wind comes and it withers away. The third soil would be uh, the thorns. When we plant among thorns and they receive it and there's root, but the weeds come and choke out the word. And we talked about how the deceitfulness of riches and worry go together. Because when we're thinking about money, we're not thinking about God. Amen. doesn't say that having money is bad because we want resources to further the kingdom of God. But when we put our trust in money, the Bible says we can't serve two gods. We can't serve mammon and God. So when we put our trust in money, we're not putting our trust in Jesus. Amen. But when we're putting our trust in Jesus, we're not putting our trust in money. Amen. The fourth soil is the good soil that produces 30-fold. And then we have soil that produces 60-fold, soil that produces 100-fold. And yeah, these are different types of soils, but it's also level of faith. Amen. So when you sow a seed into somebody's life, when you preach the gospel to somebody, they, we don't know what soil they're going to be. Amen. Notice the sower, thing he scattered seed where he could to try to produce a crop. Amen. And as Christians, when we sow seed, we can't just say, oh, I'm only going to sow to the hundredfold soil. Amen. We sow to every soil. We sow to everybody because we don't know, one, we don't know what their soil is like, two, or, or their heart's like, two, um, if we sow to somebody and we sow on stony ground, the next time we talk about the gospel to them, that might have been um, elevated to the next level of soil. Amen. So every time we plant a seed, we just believe that their heart is softening. Amen. So we want to make sure that, that we know what we've been called to do. Amen. Because if we don't think we have the anointing to do it, then the power and the authority isn't going to be behind what we say. Right? The power and the authority of the gospel, if we think, oh, I, God can't use me in my ministry, then we're not going to be very effective for God, for Jesus. Amen. We've also talked about the gifts that he gives us to carry out our calling. Uh, I don't know, months ago now, I talked about the artisans that were so important in building the tabernacle. And he named artisans by name to say, you're going to lead these group of people to make the decorations and to do the things um, for the tabernacle. And, and it goes through, I think, a chapter and a half about how important these artisans were and their jobs and their responsibilities. And we talked, we've, we've talked about how God has given us gifts and skills to carry out his anointing. And so when God gives a calling, he gives you the gift to carry it out. Yes. Amen? Amen? If he's called you to do something, it means he's already put a gift inside of you to do it. Even if we aren't sufficient by ourselves, we are sufficient in him. Amen? We might not even recognize a gift in our life right away. But if we're, if we're putting our trust in Jesus, amen, then we, don't, we no longer are, are sufficient in ourselves, but we're sufficient in Him. 
I said last time that we're self-sufficient in him. It seems like an oxymoron, but we're self-sufficient knowing that we can't be sufficient in ourselves. We're sufficient in him. Amen. And the Bible says with God, all things are possible. So if we put our trust and our hope in him, then we know that there's nothing impossible that we can do. That everything's possible with Jesus Christ. Amen. We're anointed to step into whatever calling he's called us to do. If you have a calling, you haven't stepped into it. Don't think, well, I must not be anointed to do it. Amen. Romans, uh, Romans 4, 19 through 20 says, talking about Abraham. It says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised God was also able to perform. So if we look at our own physical attributes and the things that we can and can't do, then we're not going to inherit and we're not going to uh, think about God as an impossible uh, doing God. Amen. We're going to look at ourselves. We're going to say, well, I can't do this. I've never done this before. I've never spoken in front of people. I've never went up and laid hands on somebody and, and they've recovered. But no, what did, what did Abraham do? It says he was strengthened in faith. He gave glory to God. He was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. But Abraham didn't just let it happen. Amen. He didn't just sit back and say, well, God, you just do it. He didn't say, well, it's just pointless. You know, why should I lay with my wife? Because I'm already 100 years old. Amen. We're too old to have children, so that's not going to work. He didn't say that, did he? God said, I have a child. God said to him, you're going to have a child through your own body. Amen. And it's going to be, you're going to have, be a father of many nations through this child. He didn't waver at the promises. Amen. He was fully convinced that what God had promised, God was able to perform. Amen. So sometimes, you know, we, we know that God has called us to do something and we don't feel like we have that gift. I know when I first started Doing jail ministry, the devil would try to tell me, well, you know what, you don't have any, you don't have any quote-unquote history, so you're not going to be able to relate to the people that you're ministering to. And he's, he laid it on thick, like, yeah, I don't, you know, I've never been in jail, I've never done this, that, right? And so the devil would say, you're not going to be able to relate. But when we realize that it's not about us, it's not about the experiences that we've been through, but it's about the power of the Holy Spirit, amen, then we realize that, no, we are sufficient to do anything through Jesus, amen, that I, or I inform, we inform the gospel, the Holy Spirit persuades. Notice that the sower can't change the soil that he sows into, amen. So when we preach the gospel, when we, when we talk about Jesus to somebody, I can't change their mind. I can just inform the Holy Spirit. Everybody has to have an encounter with Jesus. Everybody needs to have a revelation of his love and what he did for us on the cross and the salvation that we have through him, the redemption that we're sanctified. You see a lot of Christians that go around thinking that they're not worth anything when the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So think more highly of yourselves than, than, uh, than we do. Amen. Because Jesus thinks highly of us. 
Amen. He knows that we can do it because he put his own spirit inside of us to do it, to do those things. We are anointed. We are called. We have the opportunity to be chosen, but we can't rely on our physical attributes to accomplish what God wants to accomplish through us. Amen. There's, the, my, our minds can't even comprehend how much God loves us. And he loves us unconditionally. Sent his son Jesus on the cross. And if he loves us, then he's given us a good calling. Amen. He didn't just say, all right, you're saved, just sit home and do nothing. No, he wants us to go out and preach the gospel. I mean, he wants us to go out and be a light for him. I've talked about how God gives us talents and gifts to use supplementally. And yeah, God does give us gifts, he gives us talents, he gives us skills, but we don't want to rely on those things, amen, to preach the gospel. We rely on Jesus, amen. So even if we don't see something, maybe there's a skill that isn't quite developed in you, but you know God has called you to play an instrument, but you're like, Lord, I don't, I've never played an instrument before, right? Well, then maybe that's God saying, well, learn. I've given this gift to you, learn it. Learn to do it. Whatever it is. It might not be an instrument. It might be public speaking. It might be, you know, whatever it is. In your job. You know, we all have, we all have jobs. Amen. We want to have jobs, right? And in our job, we can be a light. Maybe, maybe there's a special skill. There's a skill that God has given you that you can perform your job in the world. Wherever it is, you can perform your job almost to perfection. And you can be a good steward of what God has given you. Amen. And people see you and see, wow, this, he's really efficient or she's really efficient at doing what he or she does. I mean, that's a gift of God. That's something we can continue to cultivate in our life. Don't let the fact that we have undeveloped skills stop you from fulfilling, fulfilling God's call in your life. If God put the desire in your heart to be on the worship team, the fact that you can't hold the tune shouldn't stop you. Amen. Remember in Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Behold, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Amen. Who knows? Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah was complaining to God because he said, Lord, you've called me to do these things and they hate me. The people hate me. I'm not having any fun doing what you've called me to do. Well, God say, no, I called you, I formed you in the womb, I knew you in the womb, and I ordained you to be a prophet. If he knew us before we were born, then he knows what gifts to put in us. Amen? If we trust him to form us, he formed us in, in the womb. I mean, he put gifts in us before we were even born. Proverbs eighteen sixteen says, a man's gifts make room for him. And brings them before great men. If God gives you the desire to sing, He's going to help cultivate that gift inside of you. I know three people personally who told me that that they were terrible singers, and they just wanted to sing praises to God. And they, so they they asked God. They said, "Lord, I just want to I want a good voice so I can sing praises to you." And the three people that that I've talked to that that gave me basically the same testimony, and uh, I don't know, the Lord put something inside them, and they're amazing singers. I've led worship teams and done different things like that. So if there's a gift that you feel that God has given you, 
Amen. But you don't feel like you're seeing the fruits of that gift. Ask them. Lord, say, I, I really know I'm called to do this. But I don't see this gift. What do you want me to do? Because the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. Amen. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all things. Guide you into all truth. Into what he has called you to do. Amen. He gives us the gifts before we even realize we have them. And if you want to, you can write this down. If God gives you the desire, it means he's already given you the gift. Amen? The Bible says that God gives us the desires of our hearts. So if he's given you the desire, it means he's already given you the gift. Amen? So if you have a desire to do something for Jesus, and, uh, and you're struggling with the how, ask the Lord. The Lord is discerning. He knows the thoughts, the intents of the heart. He knows our desires. He gave, he put the desires in us to do things for his will, for his purpose, for his glory. Amen. And so he's given you that gift. We just need to cultivate that gift. So we don't rely on what we can see. Amen. We don't rely on what we can feel, but we rely on the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us. Right? Because he lives on the inside of us and because he's overcome the world, that means we've overcome the world. Transitive, you know, it's been all transferred to us. The Bible says that, that Jesus says, all power and all authority has been given to me, therefore go. What does that mean? Because he has the power and because he has the authority through God in heaven, amen, and because he lives on the inside of us, then we can go. Amen. We can go because of the power and the authority that's in him. Amen. And if he has power and authority, then and he lives on the inside of us, that means that we can use that power and authority as well. Yeah. Satan's going to try to tell you that you don't have any authority. He's going to try to tell you that you don't have any power. He's going to try to tell you that, oh, well, the whole Bible can't be true. He's going to try to tell us, you're not called to do that. <laughs> what is it? The Bible says the devil's a liar and the father of it. Amen. But God says, God says that a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Amen. Hallelujah. We have faith and we trust in him and not in ourselves and we know that he's not going to take it back. So the other thing is when he gives us a gift, when he gives us something, he doesn't take it back. When he gives you a calling, he's not going to take it back because things aren't based on our works. Things aren't based on what we can do. Romans eleven twenty nine. In the Living Bible, it says, For God's gift and His call can never be withdrawn. He will never go back on His promises. Amen. So the gifts that He gives you, the calling that He gives you, He won't withdraw them from you. He's not going to go back on the promises that He set before you. Amen. You know, a lot of people think that why people don't go to heaven is because it's a sin issue. Well, Jesus took care of sin. Jesus took care of death hell in the grave. He took the wrath of, of God for all the sins of the world, past, present, and future. Amen. So sin isn't an issue anymore. It's refusing to receive the gift of God, the, the gift of salvation. So when he gives us a gift, amen, he's not going to take it back. When he gives us a calling, he's not going to take it back. He's not going to go back on his promises. And Romans eleven twenty nine 29 in the Amplified <clears throat> says, for God's gift and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them once they are given, and he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace 
or to whom he sends his call. That means, <clears throat> no matter how much we don't think we can perform the things that God has called us to do, <clears throat> it means that he says, no, you can. You just need to step into the calling. Amen. Amen. His gifts and his call are irrevocable, can't be revoked. He never withdraws them once they are given. And we just learned that he gives us gifts before <clears throat> we were informed in the womb. Amen. So he gives us gifts. It's not, it's not like he's waiting to see, oh, how is this person going to turn out? Uh, we, we might as well see that, that way. I, I said in my word, I can't take away a gift, so I want to be absolutely sure. No, he doesn't say that, does he? I've talked about a relationship. We have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And in a relationship, there's trust. We trust the Holy Spirit for everything. Amen. And he trusts us to walk worthy in the calling that God's given us. Amen. And if he trusts us, amen, that means that he can give us gifts. He can give us a calling. Amen. And he trusts us to carry him out. The Bible says, I talked about it uh, last time, that, that many are called but few are chosen. And we choose to be chosen. So when we become a Christian, we're called. We, you know, we're all called to, to preach the gospel. Some people don't get even to the point of being a Christian or believer, but we're called. Amen. Amen. When we decide to go down God's path and what he has for our life, then he can choose us. Amen. When we make ourselves available if I don't make myself available, if there's a, you know, if there's, if we're playing three-on-three basketball, you know, at, at recess, and, uh, and they're picking teams, and I'm not in the lineup to play basketball, I can't be chosen, can I? If I haven't made myself available to play, I can't be chosen. As Christians, we make ourselves available to God, He will choose you. Amen. Amen. There's, different, there's a difference between between being a Christian and being um, available. <laughs> we can be a Christian and not be available. Amen? We can't not be available and not be a Christian, though. When we're available to God, He chooses us. Hallelujah. I think of Nathaniel. And uh, before Nathaniel even knew he was called, he was called. John 1.47 says, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming towards him. Instead of him... Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Before we even had a notion to follow Jesus, before we even had a notion to be a disciple of Jesus, he already saw us as a disciple. Amen. He already saw us as a child of his. He already saw us as carrying out his work beautifully for him. Amen. Before we even knew what we were called to do for Jesus, he already had us in mind. He said, wow, he would really fit good into my kingdom right here. Wow, she would really fit good into my kingdom right here. I'm going to call him to this. And he couldn't even wait. He couldn't even wait until we were born to call us. He was so excited. He called you before you were born. Amen. The Bible says that, that in the body of Christ there's many members, and each member has his own function. Amen. God doesn't make mistakes. Amen. When he calls us to a place, he hasn't made a mistake. You hear that sometimes off, you know, people just kind of say that, well, 
you know, I've never been a public speaker, so God must have made a mistake when he called me to do this. No, he doesn't make mistakes, does he? He's called you exactly where he wants you to, where he wants you to be. <clears throat> saying I can't do it is really saying God can't do it. Because if he called us and, he, and he's perfect and he knows exactly uh, what to do, <clears throat> and we say, no, this is the wrong calling, then we're saying God made a mistake. If I, if I, if I say to myself, <clears throat> God's called me to be a pastor, I can't do, Lord, I can't do it. I just can't do it. The pressure is too much. The stress is too much. Then I'm saying that God can't do it through me. Right? Are we fully convinced? We just looked at Romans 4.21. Are we fully convinced that what God promises he's able to perform? Are we fully convinced that we can lay hands on every sick person we come into contact with and they will recover? Amen? Are we fully convinced that the power of God can heal the blind through our ministry? Are we fully convinced that we've already been anointed to preach the gospel? Are we fully convinced that when we witness to somebody that the Holy Spirit will bring back to remembrance the things that he's spoken to us? Amen. You might say, well, pastor, I've laid hands on people and they didn't recover. I went over to somebody the other day, I tried to witness, but it came out wrong and it actually pushed them away. You might say, you know, I, I tried to do this and I just didn't have the anointing to do it. I thought the Holy Spirit would bring back the remembrance of things He spoke to me. What about my experiences? Why didn't it happen when I tried to do it? Well, I want to ask you this. Do our experiences and circumstances change the Word of God? No, right? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So just because we have an experience, a bad experience, what we think is a bad experience, it doesn't change the fact that God has called you to do it. It doesn't change the fact that the Bible says that those who believe will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will bring back remembrance to you the things that I taught you in my word. Now, sometimes we don't know why things don't happen. We don't know why there's certain healings that don't take place. Right? But it doesn't make God's word any less true. We know that it's God's will to heal. Amen. Because Jesus in his ministry, went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed, all who were sick, all who needed healing, all who called on his name, had compassion on everybody, amen, that called out to him and cried out to him. Hallelujah. So we know that the Bible is true, and so the things in the Bible are true, amen, and we don't want to limit God to our experiences. We don't want to put him in a box and say, well, I didn't experience that, so I don't believe that. Amen. We don't want to limit the Lord based on what we've experienced. It's kind of like saying, it's kind of like saying, well, I've never been to uh, Uganda, so I don't believe Uganda exists. Well, that'd be silly, wouldn't it? If I said that? Well, this has never happened in, in my ministry, so I don't think it really does happen. I think we have a lot of people that go around that, that do that. You know, it's 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 easy to think that the world revolves around us sometimes. And, you know, Pastor Dave's talked about it a lot too, but in America, it's easy to think that, that things that happen only happen in America. Pastor Dave calls it the, you know, the, uh, the American mindset, where, where the gospel can't just 
apply to America, it has to apply to the whole world. Amen. And so we want to make sure that as we think about who Jesus is and what he does, that we don't just have this mindset of just in my town, in my state, in my country, but that the whole world, amen, uh, goes to things that maybe I don't experience, things that I've never seen. I've never seen persecution on a wide scale in my life because I love Jesus. But I know in India, there's anti-conversion laws. You actually have to sign something that says, I will not convert somebody to Christianity. Aren't you glad that we live in a, in, a, in a nation that we can freely meet like this? We can freely talk to people about Jesus. Amen. We can't, and the government can't say, oh, no, you can't do that. Now, I do believe that there's going to be a time that's going to come. Amen. There's already persecution going on in the world. The Bible says that uh, Jesus said that, that we were the Antichrist spirit, which is already in the world. So if the Antichrist spirit was in the world then, amen. And really, Antichrist, the Antichrist really, when you say Antichrist, it just means somebody who doesn't believe in the, in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Antichrist. Against Jesus. Against the gospel. Against what we know to be true about Jesus. Amen. So it's easy to say, wow, the, the Antichrist. And yeah, there is, a, there is an Antichrist, capital A. But right now, the Antichrist spirit is already alive and well in the world. Amen. And I talked about, uh, was it last week or week and a half ago, I just talked about um, if everything was stripped away from us, if we didn't have anything but our relationship with Jesus, would that be enough? Amen. Would that be enough? If we just had our relationship with Jesus and nothing else. Or if we had a ministry that nobody knew about. And people got saved through our ministry and uh, it never made headlines. Nobody ever knew about it. Would that be enough? Amen? I hope so. That's what he wants from us. Amen? He wants a relationship. That's what being a Christian is, is having a relationship with Jesus. Not a religion. Amen. It's not a it's not a, a routine, but it's a relationship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We don't go by our experiences or what we feel, but Jesus said in Matthew four four that the man that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we know that God, that the Bible is God's mouthpiece to us. Amen. Remember Elijah when when he was um, in the cave and he. And uh, the Lord, there was an earthquake that came, and the Lord was not in the earthquake. And there was a fire that came, and the Lord was not in the fire. And then there was a still, small voice, and the Lord was talking to him through this still, small voice. Well, we know the Bible to be that still, small voice of Jesus. Amen. That Jesus speaks to us through his word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. The word. That's why it's important. It's important to read the word. Amen. You want a prophetic word from the Lord? Read the Bible. Amen. You want to know more about what you're called to do? Read the Bible. Amen. There's a pastor, I think I've told this before, but a pastor, a well-known pastor, um, that uh, would set up counseling sessions. You know, so somebody come in and want counseling, and he'd have an hour-long counseling session. In the first half hour, he would make them go to the prayer room with the Bible and read the Bible. And 
they said that the results were amazing because a lot of times people would come back and say, I don't need to count, I don't need to see the pastor anymore. I've gotten the answer that I need. Because of the word. Amen. He uses us as instruments for his glory. Amen. He uses us, and we have a part to play. We never want to forget that it's the word, amen, that's spoken through us by the Holy Spirit that has the power, amen, in our life. Thank you, Jesus. There are a lot of things that people will wrongly believe that are in the word, but not in context. So don't live your life according to the circumstances you're in. Live your life according to every word. If it's in the Bible, it trumps our experience. Amen? If I have an experience and I say, well, I don't see that in the Bible, well, the Bible trumps my experience. It doesn't mean that we don't have to discern what we read. Amen? We don't just want to take everything, but we want to, have, we want to be, be discerning. We want to have a discerning heart, and the Holy Spirit helps us discern the word. Because there's a lot of things that people will wrongly believe. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. So we have the truth. We have the Bible. This is the word of truth, right? And when we read it, amen, there's, there's things in here that we might not understand. There's certain passages and certain scriptures that's like, what did he mean by that? I, you know, he said this over here and this looks like it contradicts it. But it says another version, King James Version says, be, um, dil- or, be diligent to st- or, study the Word of God to show thyself approved. Amen. So we study the Word. It's not just reading it line by line, saying, oh, that was good, and then going back about our day and doing whatever we want to do. No, we take it and we study it. We underline. We say, oh, I don't get that. I wonder what he means by that. Hmm, I'm going I'm to mark that down, and as I read... I want the Holy Spirit to show me maybe what he means by that. You know, there's a lot of things that I used to preach that I look back now, I'm like, oh, that was wrong. (laughs) Like, I didn't have a revelation of that. Amen. What is it? It's because we continually, every day, rightly divide the truth. Okay. Amen. It's important that we rightly divide the truth. The only way we can do it is through the Holy Spirit. The the Bible is a a Spirit-breathed book, inspired by God. Amen. The Holy Spirit, if you allow him to, let, to, to be alongside you as you read it, you're going to get so much revelation of Scripture. It's not even, not even funny. <laughs> Amen. He wants us to know. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit searches the things of God, even the deep things of God. So if you want to know deep things of God, have the Holy Spirit come with you and read the Bible. Amen. It's a great experience. If we, uh, if we try to, if we don't, have the Holy Spirit read it with us. We try to fit the gospel into our experience, and it limits our, in our mind who God is. Amen? It limits who God is in our mind. Because when Jesus talks, and when, when God does anything, it's always something that's more than enough, or more than we can ask or think, or surpasses understanding. So we can't, with our mind, we can't understand the gospel, all of it. Amen? But he gives us things, I mean, he gives us pieces that we get Oh, that's what he meant. That that was a revelation. Amen. That's what I'm going. You know, I'm. I'm. Uh, maybe it's something like, "Wow, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. I've been teaching it wrong this whole time." We want to be able to be able to admit admit our mistakes too, right? Kind of a side tangent. 
if we make a mistake when we've been preaching something for a while, it's like, ooh, that was all wrong. I'm going to be able to admit it. I've had to do that. I feel like a lot. <laughs> but it's all part of growing. We're all human, right? We, we all make mistakes. Amen? But as we continue to be in the Bible, as we continue to rightly divide the word, amen, things will be clear. We'll have, we'll have revelation of what he wants us to know, what he wants us to see. Amen? Have you ever noticed that if somebody could, could preach a message and you could get six, seven different revelations of that same message? Or even just, just, just go down to a verse. You could have one verse and four or five people could have different meanings of that verse, what the Lord spoke to them about it. Amen? That just tells you how much there is to know about the Bible, about the Word of God, about the instructions that we have while we're here on earth. Amen? When we don't discern the Word correctly through the Holy Spirit, it affects how we see God and it affects how we see ourselves. Amen? And when those things are affected, it affects how we see the calling of God on our life. If I say, I'm just a nobody, you know, God can't use me, and you know, God gives and takes away, which means he may or may not let my child live because he's in control, if, or if I have a, a thorn in the flesh and I wonder, what is God teaching me today? It affects how I see and how I live and what I want to do for the Lord. If I see God as this, this God with a bug zapper that's going to um, teach me things by harming me and by hurting me, I'm not, it's going to be tougher for me to want to serve Jesus. But if I see, if I see God and I see, if I see Jesus as love because God is love and that he gives good things to those who ask, to his children, amen, then I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh, wow. He loves me even though he knows me the best and he loves me the most. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to rightly divide the word. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to help us discern scriptures. The Bible says in, in Romans, uh, or 1 Corinthians 5.21, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He doesn't call us a nobody. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He gives good things. In James it says that every, every good and every perfect gift comes from God, comes from above, down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I mean, he wants to give us good things. Amen? Yeah. And he loves us so much that he gave us a part in the kingdom. And he designated us a ministry for himself. 2 Timothy 1.8 says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us by Christ Jesus before time began, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Lord, of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So he called us again. He called us before time began. We were given grace even before time began. Why? Because when God has called you to do something, like I said before, we can't be sufficient in ourselves and expect to do it correctly and to do it well. Amen. But what does he do? Whenever he's called us to do something, he gives us grace to do it. Amen. We rely on his grace. Amen. Even Paul, when he said, Lord, why, why aren't you taking this thorn from, because there's, there's a messenger from Satan, thorn in the flesh, to buffet Paul. Paul says, why don't you take this from me? And what does Jesus say? My grace is sufficient in your weakness. Amen. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. What does that mean? When I realize I can't do it by myself, 
that's when he's the strongest in my life. That's when I allow him to be the strongest in my life. Amen. He called us before time began. They, in, in 2 Timothy 1.10, it says, um, has now been revealed. So when it says, uh, I'm going to start in verse 9 again. Who has saved us and called us to the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us by Christ Jesus before time began, but now has been. So they, what, it, what this is referring to, is the grace and our calling according to his purpose have now been revealed to us. Amen. So, again, if, you, if you're not sure what God has called you to do, as you seek him and as you study the word, it says that grace and the calling according to his purpose have now been revealed to you, have been revealed to us. And I've, I've talked to a lot of people that just don't know what they've been called to do. People that... That they want to serve the Lord, they just don't know. They just don't know how. Amen. But I tell you what, if we if we really want to know, and we seek the Lord for it. He will reveal those things to us. He will reveal the calling that He has to us, and it's not according to our works. Notice that in in uh, verse nine, not according to our works, but according to His purpose. Amen. According to His purpose and grace. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the work that I'm. Re- that I'm doing rather than the work that God is doing. Like, wow, look at what I've done. I've done this, and I've done this, and I've traveled here. But we want to keep in mind always that it's God who does the work inside of us. Amen. Jesus Christ does the work inside of us. Let's go to Isaiah 10.15. Just a few more scriptures here, and we'll close. It says, Shall the axe boast itself against him who chops with it? Or shall the saw exalt itself against him who saws with it? As if a rod could wield itself against those who lift it up, or as if a staff could lift up as if it were not wood. I don't want to boast about what I've done through my ministry because I'd be just like the axe or the saw. If the Lord uses me, okay, and I'm, I'm the axe, and he's the, and he's the one that swings the axe, without this, the one that swings the axe, I'm, the axe is powerless, right? The axe can't do anything without the swinger. I'm going to just call him the swinger. Without the swinger. Amen. So if I say, wow, look what I've done. And God's saying, hello, I'm using you. I'm, you're, you're a vessel for me. Amen. We give God the glory. Amen. Through our ministry. It's still, it's still a ministry he's given us. Right? Amen. The axe still has a part to play. Amen. But it's the, the axe wielder that has the power. And the power is transferred then to the axe. So using it in... In terms of preaching the gospel, Jesus has all the power and the authority. Through us, amen, we can go preach the gospel. Through us, we can go make disciples of every nation. I want to end with this. So I really believe there's three levels of walking in the calling God has set for you. And maybe levels aren't the right word. I couldn't think of the right word. But first, let's go to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So the first level is we trust in the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. Even when we became saved, maybe we, haven't, we hadn't read the Bible at all. When we become saved, we're trusting that the Lord has good things for us. We're saying, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. I believe and I have faith that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave. 
I'm going to I'm trusting you as my Lord and Savior. We're treading or we're putting our trust in Jesus that the path that He has for us is good. Amen. He directs our path. Let's go to Psalm 119, 105. It says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. So we've trusted the Lord, and then we start to read the word. And it says that the word, rather than just being directed, you know, when I think of being having to be directed, it means I don't know where to go, right? So say I just I have a blindfold on and somebody's leading me, directing me where they want me to go. Well, now we read the word. And the word, as we read the word and internalize the word, it becomes a lamp to our feet. And it becomes a light to our path. So the second level, reading the word and letting it, letting it light the ground that you walk on. So we see the path. You know, and, and it's not like the sun where it illuminates the whole path. No, a lamp, a light illuminates what's in front of us. So if I have a lantern down a dark, down a dark path, it's going to illuminate this, the next couple steps. And as I keep going, the lamp continues to illuminate. So we're not always going to get everything at once. You know, God's not going to say, a lot of times, you know, in 30 years you're going to be doing this. Now, it does happen sometimes. I think the Lord does whatever he can to grow our faith, you know, in him, amen, with prophecies and, prophecies and different things. But a lot of times it's just like, okay, Lord, I've taken the step that you want me to take. What now? And we read the word, and it's like, oh, okay, I take another step, read the word, take another step. It illuminates our path, amen. And let's go to Micah 4.2. It says, Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So this third level is realizing that the path that you're on really isn't your path at all, but it's his path. Amen? We shall walk in his paths. So when we, when we become a Christian, we trust in the Lord is directing our path. Okay? We might not know where it's going. But we know that God has good things in store for us and he's directing our path. As we read the word, we have this light and it's guiding us. And, and so now, you know, Pastor Dave's been talking about uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit and had the feather example where if we, uh, you know, it's just light, but if we touch the feather to our neck or to our arm, we can feel it. And that's how the Holy Spirit leads us is through you know, very softly. He's not going to yell and scream to get our attention. He's going to softly tell us. Amen. And so, we, we're led by the Word. We're led by the Spirit. And then in Micah 4, 2, we shall walk in His path. And then, really, that happens as we... Uh, he will teach us His ways. As we, you know, we, as, a, as a Christian... The pastor has always said this before, too. We want to be fat. We want to be faithful, available, and teachable. Amen. So as we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, and as we realize that, wow, I don't want to walk on my path. I want to walk on your path. I don't want my will to be done, but I want your will to be done. As we continue to say that, and we continue to study the Word, and we continue to walk with the Lord, we realize that maybe we thought that our path was different from His path, but the paths are really the same. Amen. We want our path to be his path. We want our ways to be his ways. Amen. We want our thoughts and, and how we treat people to be how he treated people. Amen. The Lord's not going to leave you hanging. Amen. He's always with you. He's always... The Bible says that 
that um, the Holy Spirit is with you and within you. The Holy Spirit's within us, amen? And he's guiding us. And we want to walk in his path because he directs. He really directs our path to his, amen? When we look back at life, you know, there, we see there's forks in the road, but there's only one path, right? So as I look back, I've only walked one path, amen? I want my path to be the path that Jesus wants me to walk. I want my path really to be his path. I want the will, what I want to do, I want it to be what he wants me to do. Amen? Amen. And when it comes to the calling that God has on our life, we don't want, again, we don't want to limit God. So if I say, Lord, I want want to be used, but I don't want to be used here. I don't want to go to this place. I don't want to do this. What are we doing? We're not giving, you know, probably... There's a, there's a place that you mentioned that you don't want to be that God's like, no, but that's where I've called you to be. Amen? Again, he's never said it's going to be easy. If we go back to... Let me see what verse... I can't remember. Second mm. Timothy 1.8. He says, Do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. I'm not going to sit here and lie to anybody and say that there might not be, that there won't be persecution. The Bible says, Jesus says there's going to be persecution. Amen. There are going to be suffering for his name's sake. Not that he gives us the suffering, not that he puts us through things, but just the, you know, when we follow Jesus, amen, there's going to be things that happen that are uncomfortable, that are not good, that we don't think, right? What, is, what does the Bible say? It says, rejoice in tribulation. Glory and travels. Have joy in the trials that you face. Amen? Because really, when we go through fire, when we go through things, you know, a lot of times, <clears throat> either it's our own choices. You know, I know I've made choices, and, and I've had to deal with the repercussions of my choices. Or we do have a devil, amen, whose job is to steal, kill, and to destroy. Amen? So when we go through trials, and we go through temptation, we go through things, it's not that you're doing a bad job. Amen? It's not that you're out of the will of God, per se, right? No. Maybe it's because you're exactly in the will of God, and the devil does not like that. He doesn't like when we're in the will of God. He doesn't like when we do things for Jesus. Amen? And so we know as Christians, the Bible says that we want to be ready in season and out of season. We want to be ready in the good times and the bad times. We want to be ready, no matter what's going on in our life, we want to be ready to say, okay, Lord, I know this is happening I know I'm having this experience. I know I'm having this circumstance. But I'm going to continue to trust in you. I'm going to continue to let you guide me down the path. When Peter, remember when Peter, when Jesus was walking on the water, and, and Peter said, if, if you are the Lord, tell me to come. And so Jesus says, come. And so Peter starts to walk. Did the waves get calm when Peter walked on the water? No. What was he doing? He was obedient to a word. He was obedient to the word of the Lord. And he came, and even as he was walking towards Jesus, the waves and the winds were boisterous. Amen. The situation didn't change, right? The experience didn't change. What he was going through didn't change. What changed? Listening to the voice of the Lord. He was focused on the voice of Jesus. He was focused on the word, come. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when he, does, when he did finally start looking around, 
and you're like, wow, this isn't good. What did he start to do? He started to sink. Amen? I mean, just the, you know, Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. Just the faith to walk out of the boat. It's like, Lord, I want that faith. We know he's given us each one a measure of faith. He's given to each one of us faith to do things that the Bible says that he did and greater. Amen? Not that, you know, I don't want you to go out into the lake and try to walk on the water. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but if he's called you to do it, and he's promised it to you, he is well able to perform it. Amen? The Bible says he's not slack concerning his promises. He doesn't just throw out promises here and there. Like, he keeps his promises, right? So if he's promised something to you, amen, we want to believe and we know that he's going to do it in our life. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that we can walk worthy of the calling that you set before us. According to your purpose, according to your glory, Lord, not according to ours. Lord, even today, as we meditate on what you've taught us, as we meditate on your word, Lord, that you would give people uh, revelation. You give us a revelation, Lord, of what you want us to do. Hallelujah, that your word is a lamp to our feet, that your word is a light unto our path, Lord. Hallelujah, I just thank you and just bless everybody here today, that as they go about their day, Lord, that you continue to speak to them, that they hear your voice, that the Holy Spirit continues to guide them into all truth and all righteousness, Lord. Hallelujah, that you never leave us, you never forsake us, that your love is always with us, Lord. Hallelujah. And I just thank you for a great rest of the day. I thank you for a great night tonight as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.